When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 45 of Outspoken. I hope you all had a really great Halloween. I know I did. <laughs> I know I did. <laughs> I was... I was two costumes. I was Damon Salvatore. And the second one, I just put on fake tattoos, and I don't really know what the fuck. I just was something. And if you want to see my Halloween costume, you can go look at it on my Instagram, which is at Collins. If you don't follow me there yet, I don't know what you're doing. Today, I wanted it to be more of a chill podcast. I didn't really feel like doing commentary on anything. And I wanted to do LGBTQ stories, because there are so many submissions that you guys give, and I only do like two or three at the end of a podcast episode, and there's just a lot of them and you guys really from what i've seen you really really like to listen to these so i have a lot here today they're a little bit longer i've got some things to say about them and i also wanted to talk about a couple of other things just sitting on my couch i don't even know how this shit popped in my head but oral presentations do you guys remember that shit or do you still have to do that shit for school middle school high school whatever the hell it was i don't think we ever had to do it for elementary but i was sitting here remembering how much i hated those and it's funny because now i'm a youtuber and like i like to talk in front of people well i mean i guess it's just a microphone and a a camera not really sitting there talking in front of you that would actually probably be terrifying so i used to always try to avoid doing those because i hated them they didn't benefit anything to me i was also a shy quiet not popular kid so it makes it even worse i also had anxiety and the options were to always like you could do the presentation or you could go tell the teacher I'm not doing this or I can't do this and then they would give you a zero for the majority of the time I would either be absent the day of the presentation or I would just take a zero for that and it's very funny because I was a good student in class like I did well I had good grades and stuff like that so it just it was pissing me off thinking about it because it's like you have a good student this is a kid by the way like we're in middle school even if I was in high school right but I feel like middle school is a little different because you're even younger and it's like you're gonna make a sixth grader get up there in front of the class and present some stupid information that nobody gives a fuck about when you could be doing it and you're going to give that kid a zero and you know that kid is quiet like you're a teacher you fucking you obviously you obviously know who's the quiet kids who's the popular kids who's loud whatever it's like can you give an can you give like an alternate assignment can i do it after class with just you why do i have to get up in front of the class and this it makes more room for bullying as well like if a kid's getting bullied and then they go up and they do a presentation and they're nervous and they stutter or they um they're not wearing clothes that 
other kids think are cool and then they get made fun of for it because they're like right up front and like on display for the whole class to judge it's just a really shitty thing and i honestly don't think it benefits kids because i i did do it a handful of times because i don't i've i don't know why my teachers were always giving fucking presentations but it never benefited me and I don't, I don't think it really does anything to benefit kids except for make them nervous or make them feel stupid in front of the class. Like, it didn't give me people skills. I still can't talk to people. If I want to get people skills, I'm going to go to therapy. I'm not going to do oral presentations in front of my high school bullies or my middle school bullies. Shit is just so stupid. And then be graded on it and be graded on whether you're, like, looking at the class or not. They would always do that. And that makes me think of another thing, right? Participation. Why is participation part of your grade? That always made me mad because, again, as a kid who's anxious and quiet, that's not fair to me. I don't want to raise my hand because I'm so nervous. I just, I, I don't want to do it. Why are you grading me on how social I am? I don't want to be social. I'm learning. Why do I have to prove that to you through speaking in front of the whole class? Some kids just aren't capable of doing that. And I think it's so unfair. It's, it's so annoying. Or... Look, I got all these complaints, okay? Fucking 10 years later. When they would pick on you when you didn't have your hand raised. My biggest pet peeve. Look, I don't have my hand raised for a reason, you fucking... You fuck, You bitch. I don't... Ha I, it's not raised. I don't know the answer. I don't want to talk about the answer. I don't care. Like, I'm doing my own thing. I'm learning my own way. Don't ask me for an answer in front of 30 other people. I don't want to do it. I just don't and kids are already going through a lot teenagers are already going through a lot and just like putting pressure on those who really don't need the pressure is unfair because you also don't know what these kids are going through at home as well right like you could have a kid in a really broken home and then this kid has to go home and like figure out how to do a presentation and shit and then get up there and have the courage when like their their home life is just in shambles it's just i don't know there's so many different things that come into play with that I just, my flashbacks were making me mad because as an adult now, I could never do that to a kid I see struggling. But that might be because I was a kid who was struggling. So I just think it's unfair. So if any of you are still in middle school or high school, like I feel you on that. That shit is, I think it's so stupid. I think it's annoying, whatever. Okay, so now that I'm done complaining, we're going to read these stories, okay? If you guys want to send me any stories to read at the end of any of my episodes, you can send an email to outspokensam at gmail.com and tell me about your story of coming out or just a weird LGBTQ story that's happened to you. All right, so our first story says, I have a little story from my workplace and they work at a grocery store. It's in a town where it's not super, super LGBTQ friendly. Nobody's going to go and hurt me for being gay, but it certainly would make any situation uncomfortable if they knew. So one day, I was just minding my business, counting some money. I work in the customer service booth. When my coworker turned to me and, with a little sarcastic giggle, asked for my pronouns. I responded seriously, he slash him, what are yours? She was a little bit taken back by this because, well, she was joking and expected me to laugh it off. Then we went silent for a minute or two until she suddenly turned towards me, full 90 degree pivot looked me straight in the eye and said are you a homosexual <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> who the fuck does that <laughs> uh i paused for a moment uncertain of how to respond i was kind of shell-shocked honestly because literally nobody i know has asked me a question like that the way she phrased it felt so off-putting too i probably just stared at her for a good 30 seconds and then i decided that i'm not in the business of hiding who i am so i said yes I am gay. This is such an important moment to me because it really helped me feel comfortable with who I am and I really surprised myself. I really never expected myself to actually be able to say those words, I am gay, to another person, 
but I was able to, and I said it with pride. She's now one of my favorite people to work with, and she, thankfully, hasn't brought it up to me again and hasn't told any of my other co-workers. I wonder what her motive was. Like, like, because she didn't expect you to say that you're gay. But also, why did she think that just because you give your pronouns mean that you're gay? Just because someone gives their pronouns doesn't mean they're trans or doesn't mean they're gay or whatever. It's like when people, it's like the equivalent of when you're actually an ally or and like you'll wear a pride flag or something or you'll be at a pride parade and um, people just assume that you're gay because you accept gay people, etc. And it's just like, it's just a, it's a weird assumption. I mean, I guess she was right, but just because you give your pronouns without being an asshole about it and like laughing about it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Doesn't mean that you're gay. Well, yeah, or maybe actually, you know what I was thinking? She might have thought that she like offended you or something. So that's like why she asked if you are gay. I don't know, because you weren't laughing at the pronoun joke. I don't know, there could be a million things, but it's really good that she hasn't like said anything to anybody else and isn't bringing it up like it's some weird thing or like treating you different so that's always good and it's good to be proud of yourself for everybody listening it's good to be proud of yourself it's very hard to say those words it's really hard to say those words to yourself let alone another person i had to sit in front of the mirror and say that i am transgender like a hundred times and i cried every single time i did it when i was trying to accept myself but once you get those words out of your mouth and you accept them it becomes a little bit easier to accept yourself so i figured the same thing goes you know for anybody in the community all right this next story i'm going to change her name because i don't think she used an anonymous name just a bit of background my name is lisa and i'm a 19 year old trans girl i live in the uk and at the moment i'm at uni and i'm living as a girl using my new name taking hormones etc i used to go to an all-boys school but throughout all of secondary school i think ages 12 to 18 i knew i was trans and consequently always felt dysphoria while at school some of the worst times were having to change for sports in the boys' changing room, the only changing room, where I, where I would always attempt to get in first and go to the corner and try to change discreetly and as fast as possible. <laughs> I used to do that. That's so funny. I hated, I hated that. I, I hated that. Sorry for interrupting. Anyways, um, I always felt really insecure and just out of place when changing while everybody else seemed to feel completely comfortable. At times, I would try to lessen my dysphoria, especially into the final years of school, by wearing foundation makeup, always correcting teachers and speakers in my head when they referred to the class or me as boys or men, just generally disassociating, etc. During some of the middle years of my school life, I had puberty really swing into action, although it started when I already started secondary school. While my friends were interested and excited for some of the puberty changes, I felt more and more afraid of not being able to live as who I am. It felt suffocating, like I was being irreversibly changed into something else and there was no way to stop it. I fell into a pretty deep depression and I guess I tried to block out a lot of emotions, which was definitely not healthy, but I didn't have anyone really to talk to about it as I hadn't told my friends or family. Into my end years of school, I started to grow my hair out and practically refused to have it cut. My school didn't really like this as they had a school uniform and made sure to make everyone look like quote-unquote presentable young men. 
It was quite an old-fashioned school in the terms of school rules. The head for sixth form, sixth form is just what Brits call the years where you study and do A-levels. She would constantly say to me to cut or tie up my hair so it's above my neck, which I would normally do when I saw her, then I would let it down with any other teachers that I knew who didn't care. I did this for probably a year or so until one day when I felt as though I didn't exist and kind of went through the day not even aware of what I was doing until the head of sixth form tells me to tie my hair back and I refuse saying something along the lines of, quote, that her and all the female teachers get to wear their hair down, so why can't the students, end quote, to which she goes on about the rules and principles of the school and that I need to be a presentable male student and then once again tells me to tie my hair back. At this point, I'm just completely overwhelmed with dysphoria, so I refuse, once again, saying that the school isn't being equal at all and that, as we are in sixth form, we should be given equal respect to what we show the teachers. I could see that this really angered her, and as expected from this, I got detention for an hour, which was almost unheard of in sixth form. After this, I felt a need to tell, felt a need to tell my parents that I was trans, as I didn't think I could go on living this way. So, over the summer, I came out to my parents, who luckily accepted me, and over the final year of school, I got in contact with private clinics and changed my name. I was also able to tell our university advisor at school, who helped me get into a good uni. Over a gap year, I got on hormones, and finally felt like I was moving somewhere in my life for once. The worst mistake I made while at school was not telling anybody about my feelings. I felt stuck almost all the way through school, and I feel if I had told people about how I felt, I might have been able to get hormone blockers and not feel like I was trapped. To end this, I have a little extra mini story of coming out to my friend. So I have only recently been able to have the courage to tell my friends that I'm trans. I chosen the first friend that I would tell and had sent a meme to them that had somebody trans in it and sent a message after it saying, literally me, haha, and paused and sent, because I'm trans. Now, I don't normally get emotional, even with HRT, but after I sent the message, I started freaking out, almost having a panic, panic attack over the 10 seconds it took them to respond. When I looked back at the screen, all they had replied with was, Nice. Have you got a new name? I burst out crying at this point, the most I ever had, as I replied and talked to them as they thanked me for telling them and how they were completely supportive. I felt more emotion in that moment than I had ever before. I just felt unbelievably happy and felt like I had finally been able to tell one of my friends that I've known since I was around seven years old. After this, I felt a lot more confident to tell my other friends, and they've all been supportive, which has been great. And that's the end of the story. I really loved this story. I think it's really interesting, though, that schools still exist like that. Like, there's schools that you need to wear uniforms, you have to have your hair a certain way, you have to be, like, presentable young men or presentable young women. I don't I feel like that's, like, very... Um, What's the word for that? Very, ah, oh man, I can't think of the word. Very ancient? No, there's a definitely a different word for that, but like not modern day, right? Like why do I have to, why does my hair have to be uh, above my neck, whatever? Like going to a school like that is just like putting you in a box, you know? And I'm sure you definitely understand what that's like, but I've thankfully never been to a school like that, but I know that there's definitely people who listen now probably go to schools like that as well and can't really like be their authentic self, which really sucks. But um, I'm really happy that the story has a happy ending because, you know, during those years where you're unable to be yourself, they are very, very dark. You feel helpless. You can't do anything. You feel like I hated being perceived. I didn't even want to be perceived. I mean, sometimes I don't even want to be perceived today, but like, <laughs> but when you're feeling 
it was I feel like a hermit crab back then like I don't want anybody to look at me I don't like the way that I'm presenting right now and I feel like I want to go in my shell and I don't want any of you to look at me and I can't do that because I'm at school and you have to dress a certain way you have to be a certain way or people are going to say things or uh, you'll get in trouble for it if you're at a school like this and stuff like that and it's just like it's really really overwhelming so uh, yeah I'm super happy that you've gotten through all of this and you're happier now and you've got great friends and family who support you everybody deserves that this next story says hi sam i came out as trans about six months ago ftm and despite knowing in the back of my mind for a really long time that i'm trans i refused to acknowledge what i felt and pushed all the dysphoria down by just presenting hyper feminine my dad and my stepmom are christian republicans and immediately started their lectures about how butchering my body is a sin when i expressed that i desperately wanted top surgery my mom likes to act like she's supportive to my face, but still can't do things as small and simple as changing my name in her phone to my new name. When I try to discuss trans-related discourse and the disgusting legislation that was just passed in Texas, she tells me that I need to calm down and focus on other things, acting like I'm the crazy one for giving a shit about mine and other safety and well-being. This led to me being extremely distant from all of them. Moving in with my grandma until I can move into my own place in August, as my friends and I are planning on getting a place together but can't move in until then. Even now, my grandma is extremely uneducated and transphobic, so my situation hasn't improved. I work full-time and I'm trying to save up for surgery, but since the only thing I'm not covering is rent, with the added expense of testosterone, which is more expensive than it should be because my dad didn't want me to use his insurance for my hormones, so he removed me as an insurance dependent. Damn. Damn. I can't... That's crazy that he removed you. Sorry, I'll continue, but damn. They all insist that since I didn't come out until I was 18, which which I mentioned before was because I didn't want to acknowledge what I was feeling, but also not feeling safe coming out to them while I still lived there, that this is just a phase, especially since I presented so femininely before. They refused to take me seriously, despite me repeatedly telling them that I felt this way for years. I asked if they would be willing to help me pay for my top surgery, but no one was willing to, quote, participate in an act of sin against the lord i try to start a gofundme to help pay for it since i'm uninsured now it's going to cost an arm and a leg naturally but i didn't make enough to even make a dent in what it's going to cost i gave up on going to college since they wouldn't help pay for that either and i wouldn't be able to put school first when i'm being so heavily held back by my dysphoria i know i'm not the only one in a situation like this and it's disturbing to know that there are so many people like me struggling so much to get something they need to be able to live their life to the fullest potential your videos helped me a lot, and I realized that I wasn't as alone as I felt. The top surgery situation is shitty, but I'm hoping to catch a stroke of luck on TikTok or something since I post there because I'm an artist. I work a full-time job for money since I don't have a steady client base. I hope any of the people like me out there keep their heads up and we can all figure this stupid shit out. If you or anybody watching have any suggestions for dealing with family slash methods to fund surgery, that would be sick too. Thanks for everything. Yeah, if any of you guys, if any of you guys have anything to say about these stories and you're watching on YouTube and you're able to comment, like you should definitely leave comments about like the timestamp of the story or something cuz uh, the people who who I read stories, I'm sure you guys listen to the podcast and read the comments. So if any of you ever have advice for any of them, I'm like I don't doubt that they. So this is uh this is like a stuck sucky situation because you know when you're 18, 19, 20 and you're just moving out like if you move out at 18 it's very hard to get on your feet because you are 18 years old and you 
whatever you might go to school or you got to go get a job and stuff you don't really have much experience in the working field yet so you have to like just you know take whatever job that you kind of enjoy to make some money so then you can live on your own and it's like a whole oh man it's like a whole thing so i think you should still keep your gofundme i wish you had the link i would love to share it if you have the link but i think a good idea in a situation like this and it's harder for me to understand because I'm a stupid little YouTuber and I don't have the whole work thing with insurance. But when you get a when you have a full time job, like there are there are certain jobs I think you'd have to look in like a bunch of details. But they're gonna they, you'll get insurance after working there for X amount of times, right? So like that insurance may cover um whatever the hell it is. It could cover hormones and stuff like that, or it, it could cover top surgery. I don't I don't really know. It goes by state and by country, but there are jobs that will cover those things. So I think it is a very smart idea to be working full-time like you are right now, especially to get benefits like that because you don't want to be paying out of pocket for shit like that to, to anybody in this situation, in a similar situation. Um, it's really a shame that your family doesn't accept you and they are you know, picking their beliefs over their own child. I think that in itself says a lot because um, I know plenty of people with strong beliefs and they don't have anything negative to say about the LGBT community. It's And plenty of religious people watch me and plenty of religious people are gay and trans. So it's just, it's always, it's like, they like to use that as a disguise because more like to them, to their personal morals and beliefs, they don't think it's right. Um, and I think they just use the Bible to, to, as an excuse to not accept you. I guess I would say they're too scared to admit it to themselves and to you that it, it just bothers them personally. So they hide behind the Bible, which again, like I said, doesn't make sense because there's plenty of religious trans people and plenty of religious gay people, etc., etc. What I would say is take baby steps, you know, save the money that you can, um, even if there's like support groups and stuff like that, you'll find friends who are going to have awesome resources, have people who understand you and might be able to direct you somewhere that would make a lot more sense to you than you just trying to figure out all this stuff on your own. Support groups are, are always a great thing because people know people. It's like networking, but networking to fucking, <laughs> to fucking find a way to get your hormones and stuff. And the whole thing with you presenting feminine as much as you could or being overly feminine to try to, you know, push down those feelings of dysphoria or make yourself be like, yeah, I don't, this is who I am. I'm a girl and I'm feminine and I like frilly dresses and stuff like that. That has nothing to do with you not being trans. Like I did that. I tried to be as feminine as I could and be a girl and it just didn't work for me at all and I hated every second of it so and I feel like a lot of us do that you know you try to suppress the feelings that you have and try to be who you're supposed to be and then you're like well that shit didn't fucking work out that doesn't mean anything either and even if you did even if someone transitioned and they still and they like to be feminine like like if a trans guy transitions I'll use me for example and I liked to be feminine that still wouldn't make me any less of a guy if I liked to do feminine things or present femininely, like it just, that's just a gender role. doesn't mean anything, but you know, people, it's very hard for people, to, very hard for people to understand that. It might be a struggle for a little bit, but once you get there, it's going to be the best thing ever. That's what I always thought about 
when I was waiting to get my surgery or waiting for my voice to drop or whatever. I was just thinking about the day that it happens and how great that's going to feel. Every single day you get closer, even if it's 365 days away, even if it's 700 days away, like it's, <laughs> it's a long fucking time. But once you get it and it's been years and you look back, it's crazy. This next story says, I grew up surrounded by girls. I have one older sister and three younger sisters. I, who was also born a girl, felt like I was different from them. I acted and felt so much like a boy that I honestly thought that I was supposed to have a twin brother, but absorbed him in the womb. It's really silly, but that's the only thing that made sense to my little self. My family is also very Christian. My dad's a pastor. I grew up being taught that God made me perfect and things related to LGBTQ were very wrong. I always had a weird feeling about myself and never felt like I was actually perfect, but I always pushed thoughts like that to the side and ignored them. I was never really actually able to put any sort of name to how I felt until I was around 13, when I had easier access to the internet. I didn't immediately believe that I had dysphoria, but soon I came to the terms with it. I also kept how I felt hidden from my family because I was scared, I was scared they would hate me. I told my older sister about it when I was 15, and she was accepting of me and that made me so happy. I finally wasn't carrying everything alone, but of course, this happiness I had would soon be ruined. Around this time last year, I stupidly said something that made my parents pry into what was going on with me. I told them that I was struggling with something, but if I told them what I did, they would probably hate me. My mom started asking random things like, did you kill someone or did you commit arson or something? I was sitting there in complete shock that my mom would ask me if I really did such things, though I still kept quiet until my mom asked, did you touch your younger sister? Her asking me that broke my heart and made me feel horrible. I felt like I had to tell them the truth, otherwise they'd think I did something horrendous as that. At first they seemed okay with everything, but they were probably just denying that my issues were even real. Then they started arguing with me every chance they could, saying that I was demonic and that I'm gonna go to hell. They also said that I was ruining the entire family and everyone would hate me if I got out that if it got out that I was trans. My parents made me feel completely miserable. I felt like I was a horrible person for being the way I am. I tried confiding in my older sister again about how stressed and terrified I felt, but for some reason she said that I was terrible and wrong. I felt so betrayed. I didn't get how she could say such things after being so accepting of me before. I tried my best to avoid talking about my dysphoria with my parents. I avoided the subject for months, then I found out my parents told my siblings about what's going on with me, saying that it's a problem that I'm going through. They never even asked me if they could tell my siblings. I was honestly so mad that I felt like coming out to everyone my family knew and making it seem like a bad thing that was all my parents' fault. I never felt so hated by people who swear that they love me, and it screwed with me really badly. Finally, after a few more months of avoiding the subject, my parents would rarely ever bring it up, and I was starting to do pretty okay at that point. And I had a friend that I hadn't told, but was very close to. We'd been friends for about 8 years, and I kept everything about my dysphoria from her. Her family was also very Christian, so I felt like it would ruin our friendship if she found out. I knew I had to tell her at some point, because I wasn't comfortable keeping such an important thing from her. Sadly, I didn't think I would tell her the way I did. It was this June. I had made a profile picture in honor of Pride Month for my Discord. I completely forgot that my friend had my Discord because we never used it to talk. She noticed the profile picture and questioned me about it. I was honest that it was indeed for Pride Month. Just saying that had her in tears. And at that point, I knew no matter what I told her, she wouldn't be accepting of me. So I told her right then and there. She cried more, and I was crying too, 
And finally, she said, goodbye, I'm going to miss you. Some people think I should be glad that she's gone and that I shouldn't have been friends with such an unaccepting person, but she still means so much to me. I know she's really kind and she never wanted to drop contact. I'm still a bit mad at myself for having dysphoria and for telling her, but things are starting to get better now. My parents have finally accepted that my dysphoria is something real. My family's been trying their best to use he, him pronouns and my new name. Of course, they fail at it a lot, but they're still trying. And I'm also happily in a relationship with a loving and kind-hearted girl. She knows everything about my dysphoria and is super accepting of it because she's trans too. And of course, I still really miss my friend and things aren't the best sometimes, but I'm much happier than I was before. That's all. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. I, I actually learned myself to not say before I come out that you might hate me after this or um, you're going to think I'm weird and shit like that. When you say something like that before coming out, it already sets the people up to expect something negative. So I feel like it's almost a psychological thing, like you're getting ready they're getting ready to hear something terrible. So they're assuming that it's terrible. So either they're going to be like, oh, you're trans? Yeah, that is fucking terrible and I hate you. Or they're going to be like, you're trans? That's not even a terrible thing. Like, what are you talking about? It's like, it's really, it makes things difficult. And I made that mistake on multiple occasions. And it's nothing to be hated. Like, it, there's no reason. It's not a bad thing. Um, people who hate you for that, and I've said this all, all the time, people who hate you for being who you are, in the community and stuff like that are that's more of an issue with themselves it says a lot more about them than it does about you because i mean it's just weird to me like it's weird that somebody would hate me or want me to have no rights because i'm different from them right it's just like it's such a weird fucking thing but uh i want to talk about your friend for a second so it's very hard even if even if someone's toxic in your life, even if you love them or you like them, whether it's your friend or a partner or something like that, and they do something to hurt you, like for example, she doesn't accept you and that really sucks. It really, really sucks. It's People will say, yeah, you are better off. You definitely are better off without somebody like that in your life. But it doesn't erase the fact that you still love that person. You have love for them. You have awesome memories with them. But it shows how much they care about you in my opinion. So when someone can do something to hurt you, in, in your story example, not accepting you, I mean, she probably only knows her parents' ways, so she might not even be thinking for herself. You know, some people get so stuck and set in their ways that their mind is so closed to anything that's different. So, I mean, I, essentially you can't really blame her because it's probably all she knows. But at the end of the day, it shows what her priorities are, you know, you're not less of a person for being trans and having dysphoria. And don't be mad at yourself for having dysphoria or telling her because it's better to tell her now than later, you know, and create more memories that you're going to have with her. And then she's just going to say goodbye because you, you're you fucking trans and you have dysphoria. Like it's, it just says a lot more about her. And I know it's hard to let go of people like that. And you're, you'll always miss people like that, no matter what they do do or have said to you sometimes you just miss someone who has hurt you and it's not fair but that's just how life works but um i'm i, I really i'm so happy about the end of this story because i thought it wasn't gonna i thought it was just gonna be bad like no one was gonna accept you the whole entire time but to find out that your family is actually like has gone from saying that you're gonna go to hell to accepting you that's a that's like 
I feel like that's starting at point zero and going all the way to 100. Like you are all the way at zero. Now you get you're getting up to a hundred. I don't know what the fuck zero and a hundred symbolize, but <laughs> zero is bad and a hundred is good. And it shows that they can grow, and it shows that they love you, and it shows that they care about you, even though they have said things that are very not nice. Um, when people start putting in the effort, then you can see their true colors, because it means to me it means that they care. They're trying. They're they're accepting you. They're going against the way that they originally thought. And I don't think it's easy for people to do that when they have grown up like that. And that was their whole life. So really, really excited for you. You know, your friend might come around one day. You never know. Five years down the line, she might come down. A year down the line, she might come She might come around. Come down? <laughs> she might come down from uh, thinking that you are this fucking person who is not worthy of being a friend yeah and you're gonna find even cooler friends like who accept you and who love you and who don't even think about that aspect of you and who just love you for you yeah that's the end of this episode so i hope you guys all really liked it again if you want to send any of your stories you can send them to outspokensam at gmail.com and i might read yours at the end of one of my next episodes all right Have a great week, everybody. Goodbye. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.